All right. Welcome back to the comic book revolution podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rock, by my side, my partner in crime, the Thelma to my Louise, Kevin. How you doing, my friend? Good, good. We finally dusted off the bunker here and broke into chain <laughs> so that we're back to the to this after a hiatus. So we're we're it's it's gonna be good. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Kevin, we we it has been a while. And I, I take full responsibility for the gap in time. It is on me. It's not because of Kevin. I, I, I could blame Steven because he's not here. Yeah. I can blame him easily as well. You always blame the person who's not present, Kevin. That's that's yeah. number one. And plus, come on, let's be honest. We always just blame Steven for everything. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's really his yeah. fault. He's, yes. uh, his hate for the MCU has permeated throughout this so that like it blocks <laughs> us from ever podcasting. So. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, Stevens pretty much dropped off of most uh, DC and Marvel comics. I've I've tailed off. Kevin's kept the flame going more than the three of us. So because of this, Kevin and I have been uh, talking about what to do with the Comic Revolution podcast, of course. And we kind of loop Steven into the mix as well. Stevens, his real forte, his real love, of course, are the streaming shows and the movies. That's really yeah. where he's still very involved and very interested in talking about things and reviewing them and commenting on them. And so Kevin and I were like, well, you know what? <sighs> Look, here's the deal. When it comes to comics, you know, we used to do single issue reviews. That was our big bread and butter. And we're kind of going to back off that. Maybe we'll pivot to doing uh, big events, you know, big storylines, anything that is, is going to be hot topic in the world of comics. We'll cover. We'll also cover anything tangentially related to the world of comics. So that could be any TV show, you know, any movie, animation, anything like that, of course, is, is, is something we would cover as well. Yeah. And then there, I think the other thing that we discussed about is that in terms of the comic books that we're not going to like completely do away with it just to be big events. Right. But when it comes to like storylines, just because, Brock, I know you, you talk about it in your reviews too, and I do as well and so many others um, that comic books really is like storylines are like six issues. If yeah. you re like reviewing just one issue on, a, especially on a podcast, I think is a little bit tougher because you can't get the full scope of it. So we may like for like big, like big stories or like notable stories that rock or I are reading. Maybe we'll convince the other to read the entire story right. like once it finishes. And then we'll do a wrap up review of all like a storyline, like a storyline that's not just a big event. So maybe if something big is going on, in one of the Marvel comics or like an indie indie comic that rock. I know rock is bigger on the indie side of things that he's tells me, Hey, Kevin or Steven, you guys should read this and let's talk about yeah. it on a podcast. Well, we'll get on the podcast and talk about most likely like storylines instead mm -hmm. of just single issues, because that I think um, we were discussing about this before the podcast that that's probably better for getting a full view of the con of how comics are. We're actually doing that on the manga revolution podcast. We do that there. Or exactly. we, we wait for a few chapters. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I recommend you listen to that. Um, is uh, we instead of doing like a single single chapter, we usually will review multiple chapters or like a single volume of a of a manga. We kind of wanted to do that with comic books as well because it's again that's how like just the nature of the industry now. Like it's not just comic books but manga as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and keeping with that, we're going to try to shoot for the manga podcast. Kevin and I do. We sh we shoot for uh, twice a month. 
And we're going to try to do the same thing here with Comic Revolution podcast, shoot mm-hmm. for twice a month. And it's going to be a mix. Of, uh, you know, it's going to be Kevin and I, and we'll loop Steven in uh, whenever he has seen the movie or the TV show or is up for reading the comic. We'll loop yeah. him in as well. Well, for sure, we'll get him to come on for, for the shows <laughs> and the movies. That I have no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll probably like, oh, like right now, we're trying to stick to twice, a, at the very least, twice a month. It may be more, more than that because sometimes things happen and that right. you need to cover, like, do multiple episodes. Like, so, like, if for some reason, like, multiple events are going on at the same yep. time, yep. Um, we'll maybe do a podcast on each of them so that we, we do dedicated ones. So, you may, sh- we may see like more than two episodes a month, but we're, Rock and I discussed it of like, we want to at least guarantee two episodes yeah. a month of like either talking about a movie that comes out. Like I know Steven's very excited about bullet train and I am. Oh yeah. Well. So we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely cover that. Something like that. Um, and then like, maybe if more things are going on in August, because I know like judgment day is going to en- be ending soon and things like that, or like Harley Quinn season three is coming out. Well, mm-hmm. we'll be covering that stuff. So again, it's at the minimum two episodes a month, maybe, yeah. maybe more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Kevin. Well, this, this episode, now we got the, the general information about the future of the Comic Revolution podcast done. This episode, we're going to be focusing on the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, before we get to that, Kevin, before we get to that, please, uh, if you can, rate and review the Comic Revolution podcast. Uh, it does help people to find the podcast. You can download and listen to the Comic Revolution podcast on all podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. Please, uh, you can also check us out uh, on comicbookrevolution.com. That's the hub of everything where we place our reviews and our features on comic books, uh, manga, and uh, movies, TV shows, whatever uh, in the world of geekdom. That's what we cover. Go there for everything. And you can, of course, also at comicbookrevolution.com, you can hop over to the Manga Revolution podcast page. Check out all the podcasts there as well. Cover anything, everything having to do with manga and anime you can check us out the comic revolution on facebook you can follow the revolution on twitter at cb revolution you can follow the manga uh podcast that we have at the manga podcast on twitter and i'm on twitter at rock 2k's revolution and on instagram at rock 2k's revolution and you kevin yeah you can find me on uh on twitter at the kevin lainis and then on tiktok at nerdy kev Awesome. All right, Kevin. Now, in this in this episode, we're going to cover all the comic news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. And we got some from DC and quite a bit from Marvel. I would say probably a tad bit more from Marvel than DC. Oh, uh, and <laughs> I, I think just as a precursor, we're going to be just doing comic news here. And yes. then we're going to do another episode on entertainment, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Comics only here. Uh, the movies, the shows... The toys. Yes, all that <laughs> stuff will be in a in a separate episode. We really want to break it apart because the comic books they, they deserve their own attention. Uh and really it's 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 a it's a different animal. They yeah. deserve their own focus from, from yeah. the, the big name entertainment stuff. Right. So let's start with DC Comics, Kevin, because they are still in business. They are still making comics, my friend. So let's see what they're doing. And I really a lot of this, uh I'm gonna be kind of just Throwing it to Kevin. Kevin's the one right now reading more from DC and Marvel than I am. Not even close. I, I won't <laughs> pretend to lie. So I'm going to kind of just throw it to you, Kevin. And I'm going to get your get your input on whether, hey, is this something that that, that yeah. you've been enjoying, something you're interested in based on what you've been reading, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, we've got Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, Dark Crisis is now been renamed 
Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's now a sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths. And we're going to get the return, obviously, of the Infinite Earths. That's a big deal, Kevin, yeah. because we only had the 52 Earths up until now that we got at the end of uh, 52, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, and that, that's actually something that's, like, we talk, covered it in our review for Just League 75, that it was obvious that this was going, like, in, yeah. if you read that prelude issue where it's the death of the Justice League, we saw that in Priya talking about the Infinite Earth, so this was a, the obvious direction for it. The only thing that it wasn't, it was that they were hiding the fact that it was on uh, called Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. It, they're switching that, starting with uh, ch- um, issue five. So yep. we're, we're getting that. And then I think they're, they said that they're going to be reprinting all the they are. previous issues. And now it's going to be called Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. So yep. we'll definitely have to update our SEO for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, yeah, it's an uh, interesting thing. Um, Honestly, I kind of expected it to be that way just because, uh-huh. especially with them promoting it a little bit heavier and they're trying to figure out how to get it wider audience. I'm sure that the, on Infinite Earths is yeah. like a bigger name. The only, oh, yeah. The, the funny thing I find is that they're trying to act like this is the original, se- uh, like an original sequel to the first, where I'm just like, you've had Infinite Crisis, Final right. Crisis, right? And even Dark Knight Death or, uh, or, um, yeah, death metal that that just came out as well. Like yeah. those were all like promoted similar success. Like this is not the, just the sequel to that. It's this is very much a sequel to the recent Dark Knights uh, death metal that came out a couple years ago. And um, yes, but again, I also don't hate it just because as a marketing guy as well, I totally understand them going back to yeah. saying that it's more of a on uh, on Infinite Earths instead of all the others, just because. You want to try and promote it and it maybe mm-hmm. for some readers that have fallen off like i know rock yep. you you have and so many others have because of like the new 52 and flashpoint yep. and things like that that might be a more connection point than like saying oh this is a actually death uh death metal sequel you know right absolutely so kevin we got several one shots i want to know did any of these one shots dark crisis the deadly green dark crisis dark army dark crisis war zone do any of these dark crisis related one shots that they've rolled out at the con Get you excited? Um, the only ones that honestly got me interested in was two two out of those is the Dark Army and the War Zone. Um, yep. Just because I I do like that for Dark Army we got Damian Wayne we got Doctor Light um, and then also we got Power Power Girl making a return finally. Hey, haven't so seen her forever. Yeah, so she's gonna be supposedly she's part of the roster with Damian Wayne at Robin leading the team. Um, so that got me excited. I think just overall just the roster and I'm. I'm interested to see who this Red Canary is as well, because they, they have multiple characters that could be tied to Black Canary and Green Arrow um, that could be um, this Red Canary character. Um, and then Warzone, right. um, I have actually started reading Jeremy Adams' Flash Run, and I've actually been enjoying his his work there. Stephanie Williams has done a really good job with um, uh, her work on like Nubia and other things like that. So I've really enjoyed Stephanie Williams actually recently. And Having Linda, Linda Park and Iris West kind of giving us a, a ground zero type thing. Um, I, I do like that and seeing how things go there. I think that's an interesting perspective, especially because um, usually with these type of events, we only get the superheroes perspective. I like that we're, we're going to be getting more of a, like for from a non-super characters uh, on this. And maybe hopefully I, I would hope that Lois Lane gets in here as well. Because if you're going to have mm. Linda and Iris, I would love to see like Lois involved. Um, yep. In terms of the other stuff that they've they announced, I know I was reading Dark Crisis Young Justice, but the first two issues, uh, if you check out my I'm reviews so sorry, on the website, 
<laughs> I just have been extremely disappointed. They have they are trying to fix that by actually finally revealing that Mickey uh, Mesoplex, if I'm pronouncing that right, the son of Mesoplex, um, is Mixed, the one that's actually yeah. the, the main villain here. Um, yep. which wasn't I wish kind of was revealed at the second issue to be honest that would have helped the second issue a lot if you read my review I I mentioned <laughs> that in there so I wish that they didn't spoil that that reveal here because the first two issues did not reveal that and that could have helped the first two issues so um that one that reveal comes a little late for me um so I've already dropped that one from my pull list and mm-hmm. I'm not interested in waiting five issues to get to that point so I'm not going to be reading Dark Dark Crisis Young Justice anymore Deadly Green, I've never been like a, a big Swamp swamp uh, Thing guy. Like, I've never really read his comp, comic books. Yeah. Superman, I while I enjoy, I, I'm already kind of reading his story in, in the main series, at least with John right. Kent. And I'm not sure how things are going to go with, with the whole Justice League being dead. So I'm not sure what they're doing there. Um, obviously, we're going to probably find out in, what in issue four. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other tie-in that we have there is that I am Batman 15 that's going to finally... Have Jace Fox involved, which the thing that I found interesting there is that this is the. It seems that they're keeping Jace Fox away from the main main series, and that while like um, we have John Kent and Yara Floor, the the current one, um, Superman and Wonder Girl, which I think she's mm-hmm. going to be changing to Wonder Woman at some point. Um, <laughs> it, it's interesting that they're keeping Jace Fox away, so that the the new Trinity that they set up in Infinite Frontier is not going to be. In the main events, and it looks like um, I'm not sure, Rock, if you watched the teaser video that they put out for the, the change of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, it looks like um, uh, that there's not going to be an official Trinity. It's going to be more of, of four characters. It's going to be John Kent, Yara Floor, uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, and Alan Scott, um, Green Lantern, that are going to be the, like, at least like we saw like a teaser image of those yes. four guys going down somewhere. Um, to to help with the like do the multiverse thing. I'm not sure if that means that those four are the take kind of taking the leads, because um, we we do know that Nightwing and right. and John Kent are kind of leads of the of the Infinite Earths. They've teased the GSA is coming back in issue right. three, right, um, right, so we yeah. are we do know that the GSA is going to be heavily involved in moving forward. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to how see how they continue to treat Jace Fox if they're going to keep him away from the main um story and uh-huh. if maybe they're going to set up for him to be have a big moment in like the, one of the final issues um, oh, right. which is yep. what i suspect um because yep. if you especially if you're going to if the, the dc is going to be um establishing a new trinity that i i would i wouldn't be surprised if jace fox has like a big moment in the final issue or something like that of like taking that maybe he's the one that takes down deathstroke or something right. like that um and so i I've, i did like i said i found that interesting that they're going to do that I do like John Ridley a lot. I am Batman. I haven't really been keeping up I, um, with the most recent issues because DC is very bad about um, updating things on the DC Universe Unlimited. It takes six <laughs> months to get new conflicts on there. And that's how really I'm reading that series. Mm-hmm. So I haven't read. I, I'm very behind on that series, but I've enjoyed what I what I've read about it. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jace Fox moving forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at DC's trying to entice me to come back. No, thanks. No, no, <laughs> so I'll be passing hard pass for me on all that. Oh, uh, yeah. but and, and, and I think the, the big thing out of this is that we still really don't know what no. 2023 is going to look like for nope. them. I'm sure oh, that no. they're, I am sure when you when you, overall, when you look at how they're treating Dark Christ on Infinite Earths, it seems like a lot of these were 
they're still in planning because when you look yes. at the checklist that they came out with, these yep. con- like the dark, uh, Deadly Green, Dark Army, Warzone, and I Am Batman were not said to be tied into it. The only comics that right. were ever announced to be tie-ins was Dark Crisis Young Justice, mm-hmm. the current Flash Ongoing, which was only going to be like three issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were going to have those, um, the death of the Justice League uh, spot, or like one-shot spotlights of like where, right. where those, those characters are. Yep. Um, and it, it does seem to me that they were still planning on Dark Crisis, so they wasn't fully planned out. And that I wouldn't be surprised if in November we see more ongoings, like maybe in November or December, have like one or two issue tie-ins to Dark Crisis for those solicitations. That I honestly wouldn't be surprised if most of the ongoings starting in November or December are um, yeah. tied into Dark Crisis in some way. And that that's something that they are planning out. And I do think that they, they are still trying to figure that out because a lot of um, I'm not sure if you looked at the October solicitations, but there's clearly a lot of storylines for ongoing comic books that are going to be ending in around November, December, or mm-hmm. November, like November timeframe. So that gives them time to maybe those issues, those final two issues of the year to be yep. tied into Dark Crisis. Uh, I would be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we also got six new ongoing comic Ooh. books or miniseries from the Batman franchise. Of the six, Kevin, you've got Batman Incorporated, Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, GCPD, The Blue Wall, Punchline, The Gotham Game, Batman, Gotham Knights, and Gotham City Year One. Do any of these six, you're a big Batman fan, do any of these six uh, interest you? Um, To be honest, no. Um, Like, the only one that maybe I'll pick up is Punchline, uh, The Gotham Game. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I... I would hope that Teeny Howard, Teeny Howard is one of those uh, weird creators where it takes her a while to get going on on comic books, like any new comic book that she's on, like like her current Catwoman run. Um, mm-hmm. It took her a couple issues to get used to working in the Batman universe or just DC in general. Um, but generally, I, I have found myself liking her run when she, like a couple issues in. Um, uh-huh. She's one of the one weird creators that I've, I found that with um, is that <laughs> uh, that she is. It, it, she doesn't have the strongest starts, but she yep. does like when, uh, when she gets used to it, maybe hopefully I would hope that her getting comfortable writing in DC um, will make help punchline start, have a strong start. Everything else I'm, I've never been the biggest fan of wanting to read anything GCPD related. Yeah, <laughs> like either. even like Gotham central, like Gotham central. I enjoyed for what it was. Yeah, sure. I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know it's a big fan favorite, but oh, it I is. was never. Um, and Hearing that we're going to get two GCPD conflicts in Gotham City year yeah. one and GCPD the Blue Wall, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> and it's also a little bit tone deaf by DC. Like, I don't think the police right now are the most popular things that, especially comic <laughs> fans that want to be reading. But uh, it's just one of those things where Batman is super popular right now. Yep. And yep. um, and I know Rock, you and I have had discussions off off podcast on this. Is that I don't know why, but I've just never been interested in reading anything joker ongoing like joker yeah, is the joker yeah. uh, like i understand the fascination with the character oh, yeah. but yeah like giving him an ongoing series has is just like you're taking away everything that's special with him i agree um like why like there there's no reason for me to look forward to the next time he appears in a batman comic or like yeah. any of the batman family titles like yeah. if he has an ongoing so it's like dc continues to just push joker as somebody that supposedly a lot of readers want to uh, read um, ongoing adventures of and the the recent Joker series, I think did okay Mm -hmm. um, in terms of sales numbers, but again, it didn't 
like it did nothing for me when I read it. Like it's just mm-hmm. further reinforced that I don't want to. I'm tired of the Joker. I want them to retire yeah. Joker, to be honest, because like they've taken away everything that's special about the character. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, and then the other conflicts again got them uh, the Gotham Knights tie into the video game, the Gilded City. Right. Again, I, I don't really normally read tie-in comic books, so yeah, I, I'm excited for the game. Well, I'm kind of a little bit less excited because of recent trailers, but I'm still going to play that game. And um, but the comic book, I'm like, eh. um, and Batman Incorporated. I do like Ghostmaker and the current Batman Inc. Um, crew, mm-hmm. but. I have so many Batman comics I'm already reading that I'm just like, and none of these, uh, to be honest, none of these six do anything to for me that I'm going to be like, I want to read more Batman comics. Right. I, I, I'd say, I, I'm looking at these six. I, there's, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Gotham City, year one, Tom King, no thanks, not a fan of Tom King. Uh, less of him, the better for me. Batman, Go- Batman Gotham Knights. It's, I'm like with you. I'm not huge with these tie-in to video game kind of comics that don't really do much for me. Punchline, I think is a cool character. I don't like Teeny Howard at all, so I probably won't enjoy it. GCPD, I'm with you. Never liked GCPD. It's just, I don't get it. I know it's super popular. I just don't get it. But that's cool. That's cool. I know people will like it, and that's awesome. And Joker, I'm with you with Joker. I just, less is more. Enough, less is so much more with him. I'm kind of like... With Joker, how I was with Dark, uh, Dark Side a while back, where he was just everywhere, and it's like he's a great character, but pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> you want him to be a special attraction. Yeah. Like, this is the like, like you like. I know you love wrestling. This is the WrestleMania main event of Thank like you. for a Batman series or like for yeah. Dark Side. He's the main event for any DC event. And if you Hi. continue show, he continues showing up all the time, or at least as a main villain or as a main. Uh, like a protagonist as in any series or anything like that, you're kind of taking away anything that yes reason for him to appear as a big threat in later right. on. Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. And Batman Inc. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of with you. It's, it's, it's a little superfluous for me. So it doesn't really yeah. pull me in. However, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the only reason like Batman caught my interest was like Ed Br- Brinson is the writer and yep. uh, for it. And I did like his Iron Fist run recently that that he did a couple years ago. Oh, yep. That's right. That's right. Indeed. Uh, now, Kevin, I may not have enticed to buy any of those Batman titles, but I am. Mm. I am enticed, Kevin, to buy Batman Spawn number one, a one shot crossover coming in December. You're going to get Todd McFarlane. You're going to get Greg Capullo. What? Oh my God, I'm buying this in a heartbeat and I'm not thinking twice about it. How about you? Uh, eh, this is another one where I'm just like, I've never been a Spawn guy either. So I know that right. I know I'm one of the few of that. Of like, <laughs> I didn't grow up reading Spawn, to be honest. I watched the Spawn cartoon back in the day uh-huh. on HBO. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But, um, and I watched the Spawn movie. But in terms of the comic books, I think I just, I was way too late on the game on Spawn Spawn. Yeah. Uh, that I've just never gotten into them. And, but I'm excited because I know that there's a lot of fans of, of of Spawn, and Spawn is like one of the biggest franchises going right now. Um, and oh, this you. is um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is not the first time that they're crossing over, right? This is like what is it the second right. or third time that we, we're getting a comp from them? You are correct. They have had a couple of crossovers. This is uh, like the peanut butter and jelly of crossovers, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So does does it get you excited that we're actually going to be getting like like Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo yes. are the ones involved in this and uh, yeah big time that's huge that is huge this should be just a stellar looking comic book it just yeah. should be amazing I'll definitely be like that with how both Batman and Spawn are selling right now this probably will be like the top selling comic book of the year right 
oh, this hat. I, I'll be surprised if this doesn't just destroy the sales charts. Because <laughs> you're right, Spawn has been, I mean, smoking hot. And Batman, of course, I mean, he's top 10 always. So what do you expect? This should be this should be a big one. I'm I'm very excited. Yeah. I think when, when you have I think when you have both both the Batman and Spawn names that are probably like I would say the two biggest right now in the yep. comic books outside of like not counting Spider-Man and X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably the two two biggest. Um and then when I just having Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo, I think two of the biggest names in the industry. Like yeah. you can't really expect more than like this is going to just do gangbusters into into sales charts and i wouldn't be surprised if this sold at least a half million half million yeah. if not a million copies like are out there yeah, by, by I, the end of the year mm-hmm. no i i i agree i totally agree uh, this, is one of, gonna, this is definitely one of those comics that is going to be overordered at concrete shops guaranteed <laughs> and with all the guaranteed. variant all the variant covers and all that <laughs> stuff that i know that todd mcfarland especially loves having oh <laughs> you know that's happening um, DC also gave us some milestone news, Kevin. Uh, we've got news that there will be a milestone generations uh, documentary Which coming awesome. to HBO Max. Awesome, especially being on HBO Max, is I think yep. that's great. And it's milestone has a, milestone has a, such a cool history. I think they're mm-hmm. so important to the industry. I think it is great that they're actually finally getting the spotlight. I think the DC and H and Warner Brothers have been promising us to do more stuff yes. with with. Uh, milestone and we haven't really gotten too much we got into static shock um comics which we're getting a sequel of the season two for the recent series which i'm excited for as well but they and then they had that milestone project where they were trying to bring in more um diverse creators into it um so um which we haven't really seen too much of either uh from um and hopefully this uh documentary will just get people more excited for for things coming from that that uh brand because i think Milestones is definitely one of those um, most influential companies that we've had outside yeah. of DC and Marvel. I think I, I would say that they're right up there with image in terms of their influence in the industry. Yep. Yep. And the other bit of milestone news is that there will be a season two of uh, the, this new milestone universe. It's going to be static shadows of Dakota. Yeah. And he's going to get a new costume and uh does this excite you? It's a limited series. Yeah. Comes out in October. Yeah, I, I like it. I like season one. Um, I Vita Ayala, I think, is one of those creators that's really growing in the industry. Um, and she's um, the more work she's been doing, the more I've been enjoying her work. Um, and I think her best, really, her, I think my favorite comic of hers is is the static, the static season one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like how she modernized the character. And um, and this is something that you and I both have talked about. I I think doing many series runs is much better for for comic books to be honest and i think stat, the static season one and i think that shadows of dakota are, are great examples of that of that have a creative team do six, six to eight issues this is what you got to do to get the character get the characters over on the reader's mind and um i, I think that that's much better for storytelling overall because you're telling able to tell like single issue stories and then b- bigger like maybe two issue story two issue stories that end it um and I and put it all the effort into selling those comics. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I do hope, and because this is how I read uh, the Static season one, and I hope Shadows of Dakota also gets this treatment, is that it gets on the DC Universe Infinite app um, because it was actually simultaneously released on the if you were yep. an Infinite subscriber, mm-hmm. um, which DC doesn't promote that heavily, and I I really criticize DC a lot for that. Is that 
they have this subscription service that they are putting stuff like Shadows of Dakota. They're, they put a couple of the recent Titans comic books on there. They're the Young Justice, which is Young Justice season five, really, um, is on on the Infinite app. And I wish that they would promote that these comic books are free if you are an Infinite subscriber. And I think that's a great way to, um, but are to promote that service. But they're not doing it, and I just don't know why. But it's just just seems like they're not they don't want money. <laughs> for to yeah. go to their subscription service and i but in terms of this i do hope that it we do see it appear on there yep yep um this one i'll pass on you and i have our different opinions on vita Isla. i don't think she could <laughs> write a comic to save her life so pass for <laughs> me not a fan um but there's one last bit of dc news kevin maybe this will interest one of us superman harvest of youth it's a y a graphic novel by cena grace and chris peter uh Probably not the target audience for a while. Yeah, while. yeah. I don't think it, so. I don't think either of you or I are the target audience for this. But but I I know that I, I snuck this in for you actually in, in our document. But um, I just put it on here because one of the things reason why I want to talk about it is because I do like that DC is doing more youth oriented conflicts because I yep. think that a lot of their conflicts are right now are mostly for teenagers and up. Um, if not uh, for yeah. teenagers to forty year olds. Yeah, um, so great. I think it's good. It's good that they are putting out content that is uh, targeted for you. That it's going to sh- show up on the Barnes and Noble stores and stuff like that, or stores in general where they could put the if they wanted to, they could put this out on Walmart um, and and things like that. And I think that's a good thing because you do like if you're going to grow the industry, continue growing the industry, you do need to figure out how to target the youths and like the tweens and then the um, and the and younger generations, like if you want, like eight, eight to ten year olds to read your comics, this is a great right. way to do it. Yeah, it looks like uh, I get I get strong uh, Smallville vibes from yeah. the cast of characters as I'm looking at them. This this looks like this looks like Smallville to me. Which I yeah. love Smallville, so that's yeah. And if you're going to if you're going to introduce a, like a kid to like Superman, this probably will be a great way to do that. And rather than like handing them. Jeff Johns is Brainiac <laughs> one or something like that, right? You're, if you want to introduce, or yeah, like if you're not going to do it through the Superman animated series, I think this is the next best thing. Yep, totally agree. All right, well, Kevin, we also got some news at from Boom Studios. We'll leave DC behind. Go over to Boom Studios because that has a franchise that you and I both love and adore, and that would be the Power Rangers. Oh my goodness, Kevin, we're gonna get. Uh, we're get, we're getting so much. We're getting a new creative team. Starts with uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one hundred one. So brand new creative team, and uh, we're getting uh, a. I guess it's it's kind of like the the recharge era. So mm-hmm. what 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 do you think? What do you think of this this uh, kind of little bit of a pivot for? I'm I'm not between well, you and me. I'm not. I, I will admit I'm not familiar with this creative team. The writer is Melissa Flores, who did. Power Rangers Beast Morphers, uh, so producer for Power Rangers Beast Morphers and yeah. the Dead Lock. I don't know. I don't. I. 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 I got nothing for you there for the creative team. So, what do yeah. you think about a new creative team, new direction? Yeah, I know Melissa Flores. She, yeah, she was producer for Power Rangers on the TV shows. Um, right. up up to recently because I think she ended her contract like in 2018, 2019, from what I looked up with Hasbro. Okay. Uh, but I think she's been doing a lot of indie indie work and she's uh, worked as a TV producer as well. So she's done a lot of TV and conflict stuff. So, um, ah. I'm not familiar with her work, but I'm still excited about Power Rangers because I this is one of those franchises where I trust Boom Studios knows what they're doing in terms of if they're going to assign this creative team to this, that there's a reason yep. for it. 
Um, yep. And with Kyle, Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, um, they both did such amazing work on um, my Immortal yes. Power Rangers. The one thing that I yes. find interesting here is that we're going back from uh, two conflicts there because before this we had Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Google Power Rangers going on at the same time. Then we had Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin um, going on at the same time during the Ryan Parrott uh, era for, for this yes. um, series. Right. And now we're just going back to just one title, kind of like when it first started mm -hmm. with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So I'll be interested to see how they uh, treat it because they've been, I'm not sure, Rock, if you've been reading the most recent ones, but they've been doing a lot of things as of late in, um, for that Power Rangers has definitely spun off, like at least from Boom Studios, has definitely is its own universe. It's not connected to the TV at all. Like we're right. seeing a lot of things that happen in future seasons, like from in space and like Galaxy wow. and all that stuff coming into the Mighty Morphin era when still Kimberly was a Power Ranger. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll be very interested to see what they're continue to do with the, with this franchise because it does seem like they're going like that, especially the countdown. Uh, event from in space i think that we're probably going to see the dark specter stuff appearing more and more um mm -hmm. and we did have like if uh, this is going to be spo uh, this is going to be spoilers for the current power rangers comics if you haven't read it but we've had andros appear as the red space ranger in their uh most recent uh power rangers comic book so i'll be very interested to see not not only like with the omega rangers and the mighty morphin power rangers but we also have like now all these other Power Ranger groups that are appearing. So again, I'm going to be very interested to see what they do that with that. And if like this new series is going to combine both all the, the teams. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how they treat at least the main line stuff. But I know the, the concrete that you're most interested in rock probably will be the, that second announcement for Power Rangers, right? Yes. Yes. Well, before you get to, I just want to say the artist though, that they've announced uh, uh, Simona, the uh, Gian Felice. She is uh, from Italy. She actually lives in, I believe, in Lazio, which is a region of Rome. And her Instagram account has a, a piece of art from her of the Power Rangers. And wow, it's it's tasty, Kevin. Holy cow, does it look good? Hmm. Uh, I, I, in honor of her, I would say it's bellissimo. Okay. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think she's worked on a couple of different different things for Power Rangers as well in the past. So this is gonna be her first foray into the Power Rangers. So uh, I definitely have enjoyed her artwork as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now next up, uh, next up, Kevin, we get another team up. We had Batman Spawn. Well, this time we get Mighty Morphin Power Rangers teaming up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, my God. Of course I'm going to get this. Are you kidding me? I'm all over this. How about you, Kevin? Oh, yeah. I, I love the first one that they, <laughs> they did together. I, I think they just had fun with it. I, Ryan Pratt, like in the, in the first team up between these because this is actually the second one. Yep. Uh, it was so much fun. I already have the toys like in my background here of like the the TMNT being Power yeah. Rangers. So I'm very yeah. excited. It's it, it's also interesting that they're still keeping to the the Rita Repulsa era uh, yeah. of um, of Power Rangers as well. So it's going. Um, so they're not doing it like where it's with the White Ranger. It's still Tommy as the Green Ranger. So um, I, I love it. I I love both of these franchises. Like. You're, this is an instant buy for me um, when you have yes. these two franchises. Like, these are the two biggest franchises for me, like, as a 90s kid that you, you can, oh, like, yeah. obviously, these are going to be must buys for me. 
Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. when you have especially when you have Dan Moore as the artist, like who's probably like my favorite comic book artist right now. You know, I I gotta agree with you on that. I gotta agree yeah. with you on that. He's 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 probably up there as one of my favorites too. He's it's yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah. He's good yeah. to be just like, yeah. If you're like if you're reading like world world's finest right now, yeah. like oh. his yes. artwork is yes. just like stunning. It 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 is beautiful. hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. Uh also from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we're getting the Lost Ronin-verse. What do you think about this? The Last Ronin, The Lost Years, the five-issue miniseries. Yeah, um, this is something, Rock, you didn't read the, you haven't read the Last Ronin, correct? I've not. Yeah, so so it's interesting because this, like they did tease at the end of the most recent, um, the, the comic book that they just had. Which was insanely popular. I think it's one of the top selling comic books uh, yeah. of the last two years, right? Yeah, huge. Um, it, it was just weird just because of the scheduling. So it's like it just would randomly show up at comic book shops because of like how yeah. long it took for them to finish it. But um, it was still great. I, I really enjoyed enjoyed it. The villain left a lot to be desired, but outside of that, um, the, the the last Ronin or uh, now that it's called the last Ronin verse, it's it was it was very interesting, especially with Michelangelo as um the final turtle like again spoilers for that um that michelangelo is the last survivor i'm going to be interested to see what they do with the lost years it seems like they're teasing that this is going to be michelangelo Mm -hmm. um centric based on the covers but i wouldn't also be surprised if we also get more details on like what's going on with april during this time period because there's about like i think a 16 year time gap between when um between the present present day and future timeline that we see in, in the lost ronin so there's like, right. yeah, I think it's like 16 to 18 years um, that Michelangelo has gone from New York um, and doing mm-hmm. a bunch of training um, to to do his last mission. Um, so I'm going to be very interested to see what they do, because this seems like it's going to be the first of many conflicts that we get from the last Ronin. And like from what they said is that um, the last Ronin verse is actually going to be the second you know, Teenage Mutant Turtle universe that's IDW oriented. Um, right. we, have, we do have the current IDW Teenage Mutant Turtle Comics, which is awesome. And Sophia Campbell's doing an awesome job there. But this one, it looks like this is where Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman are going to be working their st- their own stuff on here. And the last year is the first part of that. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what other comics that they add to this, if they're going to be doing stuff that's going to be at an actual sequel to The Last Ronin. Um, mm-hmm. Or are they going to continue working within this time frame of like the, the years between the most of the Teenage Mutant Turtles deaths and Michelangelo coming back? Um, or are they going to be doing stuff from the further future and we're going to see like their um, their legacy being explored that way. So it'll be very interesting. And I like that Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, who had a fantastic run on, I, I, I like the pre- before Sophia Campbell on Teenage Mutant Turtles, they had a, did so, so many great storylines there. And just overall, Kevin Eastman being still involved in the TMNT is great. Just great news, I think, for comic fans, especially fans of TMNT. Oh, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I'll probably have to dip in and check that one out. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. No well, doubt. I, I think, you know what, Rock? I think you and I will have to do a last Ronin review here on the podcast. See, I know it's out already. I know Done. the collection's out. So I think you and I will have to do a review of that at some point. Done. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. All right. Last bit of news uh, we've got before we get to Marvel, the big stuff. We've got Gargoyles. Kevin. Kevin. Who owns Gargoyles? Disney. Oh, that's right. It's Disney. And yeah. Wait. Does Disney own a combo company? Uh, I know they own, own the, a, a, a movie companies like MCU and stuff, but, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, Disney is licensed 
Dynamite Entertainment to produce a new Gargoyles comic book. Why does Disney do? It just drives me nuts when Disney does this. It just, just give it. Mar- Marvel could use, look, you already own them. They could use the work. They could use the money. Just use them. It's it's hilarious when this happens. Anyhow, yeah, because Dynamite Entertainment. So kudos to Dynamite Entertainment. Yeah, you guys yeah. got a nice franchise from Disney. What a gift! That's very nice. The last time we got a comic book from uh, about the Gargoyles, Kevin, that was in the two thousands, mid two thousands, and it was from Slave Labor uh, Graphics, I believe, was the company. Okay. Who did I was gonna that. say, wait, what? You <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, raised my uh, eyebrow with that name. <laughs> yep. Not only is Dynamite Entertainment going to be rolling out a brand new Gargoyles comic. They're also going to reprint the old ones, which is kind of cool because mm-hmm. uh, there were some neat, some neat stories that we got with the old uh, Gargoyles comic book. I'm, I'm excited that they're doing that. I've always liked the Gargoyles. It's a great franchise. Yeah. It's, it's got a cult following. Um, I, I would expect there to be a lot of interest in this. Yeah. I would think. Uh, are you excited for another Gargoyles comic book? And are you excited that Dynamite got it? Yeah, I think just like any kid from the 90s, I think Gargoyles was one of those staples along with the Batman the Animated Series and Spider-Man and X-Men mm-hmm. and, and Superman. Um, I, it's great that they're doing this. this it, Gargoyles is such an interesting one because it feels like it has such a cult following that you would think that Disney would do more with the Gargoyles to get like yep. even modernize it and bring make their fan, fan base uh, stronger, but they've just never done it much with them. Um, and mm-hmm. it's been dormant for a while. Like even They haven't even done comic books and stuff like that re- for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for this. Um, and I think what makes me more excited for it is that Greg Weissman is in, in, involved with this. Um, and he's going to be at least a writer for initially, and then he's going to also be overseeing any future writers that are going to be working on this too. Cause it, they have a weird thing where they say that he's the writer and the shepherd. So I'm guessing that he'll probably be, do something like, uh, where he'll write maybe the initial story arc or initial few, um, story arcs for, for this new Gargoyle series and then hand it off to an, another creator. Um, and yep. then just o- be an overseer, kind of like what Kevin Eastman is doing with the Teenage Mutant Turtle stuff. Um, so, but again, it, it's really exciting because, again, Gargoyles is such a f- fantastic franchise. I think that Disney has not done en- enough with and they could do way more. Um, and so I'm glad that at least it's getting a second life here with the comic books. Yep, agreed. All right, Kevin. And and would are there any, um, of, like, because you mentioned the comic books reprinting. Yeah. Um, are there any ones that you think that I, like so, as someone like myself that didn't read the other conflicts that we should be checking out when they re- get reprinted because I see that like Amanda Connor worked on some, Jim Palmiotti uh, yep. and and other creators have worked on this that are big ones. Are there, are there any standouts for, for you from from those? Yep. For me, uh, you w- cannot go wrong with anything attached to Amanda Connor. Period. And Jimmy Palmiotti did a really good job as well. Okay. So okay. I would recommend for sure. You see anything with Palmiotti and Connor on it, get it. Uh, uh, Joe Mataria, he he did a he did a good job as well. Um, I would say if you see those three names, that's what you want to read first. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely keep an eye out for those collections then. Yep, absolutely. All right, Kim. Now we're gonna move on to Marvel Comics, and they had a uh, quite a bit of news. Of various titles, all sorts of different titles coming from <laughs> everywhere. Holy cow. Uh, so we'll just hit them one by one and I just get your impression if you're excited. If you they teased uh teased enough interesting news for you to want to buy one of these comics. We got a new miniseries, Tiger Division, 
It's a brand new comic, brand new team. It's basically Marvel saying, oh, my God, why Japanese manga and uh, South Korean webtoons keep kicking our ass. So we need to come out with something to compete with them. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, I could be wrong, Kevin. Could be wrong. <laughs> but I think that's what it looks like to me. Anyhow, does Tiger Division interest you? Um, Yes and no. I think this is one of those comic books that um, <laughs> I already know that I'm probably going to read when it comes out on the Marvel Unlimited app because oh, I right. have I have like a section of like I have a pool, separate pool list for when it comes to Marvel where it's like this is Marvel Unlimited comic books that I'll read like right. like the current Avengers Jason Aaron run um, and things like that that I, yeah. I don't have enough budget to pull it and um, but I'm still interested enough to read it um, mm-hmm. and so I don't think it's going to be on my monthly pool list but it will definitely be on one of those comic books that I will be bookmarking on Marvel Unlimited to read just because again title I like that they're giving them their own unique name um, instead of yeah. just going with like Avengers Tiger Division I think that's smart in terms of you want to give the, these characters their own identity um, as, as a team and I think just giving them their own team name is a big thing and oh, yeah um, I, I, I this series looks like it has a lot of interesting characters a lot of great designs for superheroes yes. that I'm, I'm not too familiar with to be honest with you like for the most part of this roster and that actually gets me excited because i do like seeing new characters being created and giving the spotlight so i think that marvel doing that instead of having another x-men or spider-man comic, oh, thank God. Is, a good, is a good is a good thing because again you do need to breathe new life into yes. new characters right and i think this is a good uh, opportunity but it, I, it is a comic that screams that i'm going probably be pulling putting on my marvel unlimited bookmarks Right. I get it. I will say the, and I'm with you. I'm glad it's not tied to the Avengers and, and, and God, it just, if you give me another freaking version of Spider-Man, I'm just going to throw up everywhere. So I'm glad that it's new characters that aren't tied to any other franchise. And I got to say the character designs, I'm guessing that it is Kreese Lee who did the character designs. That is the artist credit for this series so i'm guessing that's who did the characters uh, yeah the character yeah so, some of these characters right. are ha, are not original to this uh comic book i know like white fox has been been there's been a lot of white fox comic books recently yes. there's a couple other characters in here that i recognize that have had their own comic books so they're not original to this uh series mm, um okay. but they, they've been all characters it seems like they're all characters that marvel has been slowly pushing through like mini series and like small ah, books of their own just trying to introduce and grow their audience a little bit oh. here and there do you recognize the character that looks like a giant, glowy robot kind of character? Does he look familiar to you? I, I do not. <laughs> He's an awesome character design. How about the lady in the slinky dress and heels with an eye patch riding a card, a playing card? Like the like to be honest, like the only one that I recognize on here is White Fox, just because I've seen her in, well, in a bunch of different conflicts, but that uh, yeah, lady. That, that's the only one. With the eye patch, that's a badass design as well. <laughs> She's super cool. Uh, the yeah, character, yeah. I mean, the, she and the glowy robot just kind of pop out at you immediately. They're they're very eye catching. Yeah, it. it I, I know it, that. Like, I I figured that this is honestly would be a new more. If there was any new Marvel comic that would interest you, Rocco, yes. this one would be, especially with the character designs being yes, having more of that manga aesthetic to yep. them and yep. like combined with superheroes. I think this is like a a rock title in terms of trying to, if you wanted to give a new new characters a chance for from yep. Marvel. This is one I'll probably check out. I'll actually get it. Um, so I'm not, I don't have the digital service like you do. So yeah. I'll actually probably buy this one. Um, I'm only debating whether I want to buy it in floppy or buy it, when it in trade format, but I'm going to get this because this looks interesting to me um, as, as a manga fan that interests me. So I'll probably check this one out for sh- sure. Um, 
All right, next one, Kevin. I know you like this title. So Strange yep. Academy ended with number 18. Fear not. We're getting a new title, Strange Academy Finals. And awesome. that's coming out in November. Are you going to, I imagine yeah. you're going to get this. Yeah, I, I love Strange Academy. I think um, <laughs> this is kind of similar to Tiger Division where um, Strange Academy was such a cool title because it introduced us to new magic-based yep. characters from Marvel. It's not like, obviously they're like protégés of Doctor Strange, Doctor Voodoo, Wanda Maximoff, and all the other magic characters that I know we all have grown up with reading. And I think the cool thing is that they weren't trying to get successors of like their titles. They're just creating new characters. And that was super exciting to me for Strange Academy because it was like really my first foray outside of Doctor Strange into like the magic verse of for for Marvel. And I, I think they did such a good job introducing us to a whole wide cast of characters. It was very and then you have the Harry Potter aesthetic with ho- like the Hogwarts uh, type school that that Doctor Strange and, and the others created for these kids. And I think it, it was a really, really fun title. I think it was one out of the, all the titles that Marvel has been publishing as of late. I think it's one of the best um, new titles. Um, and like I said, I think all the cast of kids are, are cool. And, I, and Strange Academy did end with a cliffhanger. Um, so I'm glad that we're getting uh, a sequel so soon um, for it. And uh, hopefully it's not going to be the last that we see of Strange Academy, but I'm going to get whatever I can from Strange Academy. Because again, that series, I recommend everybody read it, especially if you're into like Harry Potter or anything magic based. Uh, it's a great title to read it. Um, that is not continuity heavy of like relying on you reading Doctor Strange or any other title. Perfect. All right. Next up, Kevin, Extreme X-Men. Claire Claremont, Salvador LaRocca. Tell you what, Kevin, I loved Extreme X-Men back in the day. Salvador LaRocca remains one of my top five all-time favorite comic book artists from any decade, period. He is just He's up there for me, up there with George Perez. I love La Roca. His art is amazing. Claremont hasn't written anything good in a long time, but you know what? It's a cool cast of characters. It's La Roca's art. I'm buying it. End of story. They got my money, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a good, it's smart because they've been doing this a lot uh, with, especially with the X Men of like some older X Men titles, like they did X Men yeah. 97 uh, yep. right now, and they're doing a couple other stuff. And I'm glad that they're, not tying every X-Men title to the current Krakoa yeah. era. Cause yeah. like yeah. you want to have like, you want to have a diversity of titles. And I think it's good yeah. that you have like something like extreme X-Men that doesn't have to rely on anything Krakoa related. If you're not into that. And then this is just going to bring back old, old fan, older fans like yourself rock that maybe isn't reading all those comic books right now, but is into X-Men and especially into all the old X-Men to, uh, from Chris Claremont era. I think it's a good thing that they're doing that here. Um, and again, the ro- roster design, obviously, with those extreme X Men costumes, is, is so good. And Classic. the only thing that the only thing I hope is that the, I don't see a mention of her, but I hope that she appears in this title. Is that Psylocke is also part of this team? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she was like the most badass in the yep. extreme X Men era. I totally agree. All right, yeah. Kevin, we got Spider Man news, of course. Woo. We are going to get with Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man number fourteen. We're going to get Ben Riley as Chasm. We're going to get. Dr. Kafka as the Goblin Queen. Yep. So yeah. here we are, Kevin. Those are your those. So those are your. You got your villains, right? Your villains, and and you got your heroes. Heroes are going to be Spider Man, Black Cat, Venom, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, Magic, yeah. and MJ. Comes out in November. Yeah. I, you and I weren't thrilled about the 
approach that they took with Amazing Spider-Man when they restarted it with issue number one, and uh, I, I I tapped out. Yeah, yeah, no, same, same. I've tapped out with Amazing Spider-Man. Um, the one thing to mention is that this Amazing Spider-Man fourteen is going to be a prelude to the um, X-Men Spider-Man crossover that they're doing is the Dark Web, which is yep. also going to be basically a team up between Ben Riley and Madden prior to it's the clones revenge basically story um, yeah, like right. the clones yes. getting revenge on their uh, on everybody so um because you're going to have Psylocke and Jean Grey, Iceman and Magic which is the current roster for the X-Men along with Spider-Man Black Cat. Yep. Um it'll be interesting cuz they mentioned Mary Jane and I'm guessing that the Mary Jane mention is also because she's been tied into the X-Men recently. Um yeah cuz she's actually like one of the spokesperson for the right. eating drugs that they have because right. they they actually saved their aunt um mm-hmm. um so and also, they had the other weird thing of more when Taggart took over her body during the Hellfire Gala to, yep. to infiltrate the Hellfire Gala. Oh yeah. Um, so so she MJ has been tied into the X Men um, in uh, re- recent months. So um, so that that's an interesting mention there. So I'm wondering if they're going to wrap up the more Taggart angle as well um, mm-hmm. with that. Um, but yeah, like the thing that honestly just doesn't get me excited for this is that it's Zeb Wells, and I just have not. I did not like the um, initial direction for Amazing Spider-Man. Um, again, I tapped out on that. I really do want to. Re- I want to like it, but everything I see about it is just turning me off and more and more. I will check out Dark Web as long as it's its own uh, standalone thing, and I don't have to read Amazing Spider-Man. Um, right? Yeah. I'll, I will probably check it out because I am enjoying the X-Men side of things. I, That's what I was wondering. How do you yeah. like X-Men? Yeah. You I, Spider-Man. Yeah. So you put the two together with Dark yeah. Web. Yeah. What are you going to do, Kevin? Yeah, I'll, I will probably read it because I am interested on the X-Men side of things. I've been so okay. I, I've been I've been really into this current era of X-Men. And so that's probably going to get me to to read this. And uh, luckily, it's not tied to like, hopefully i don't have to read amazing spider-man to get this but um if it is then maybe i will probably not read it read it but if it's dark web is its own thing then i will jump on onto it right agreed are you interested at all by the other spider-man news spider-man the lost hunt miniseries um, with craven no uh, uh i i've read enough craven stories at, at yeah. this point that i don't i don't need more and i i'm not i've never been in, into the craven origin like I, i've never needs i've never felt like i needed that um the same thing with like um i know you'll you want you're going to say this but uh the spider-man um series that by dan slot and mark bagley yep. you know, that's the other thing that i know yep. spider-man related that unfortunately i just don't want to read that stuff just because yeah, like it's it's weird like spider-man i love spider-man i usually get amazing spider-man but right now this era of spider-man i just have not been able to get into and like yep. nothing spider-man related we have here and then you have the whole thing with Norman Osborn being introduced as Gold Goblin. I know it was a little bit later, but I want to mention it now because it's yep. related to Amazing Spider-Man. It is. Um, like, I don't know what, what got Marvel's idea of like that fans wanted to read Peter Parker and Norman Osborn teaming up together and all these uh, things, like weird decisions where you're like, I don't know what Marvel's thinking, to be honest, like, because that's the last thing that I want. Um, yep especially from the main and this is the last thing I want from the main Marvel universe version of Spider-Man. If this was like the ultimate, something similar to like ultimate Spider-Man or something like where it's its own universe, maybe I would get into it, to it just because right. it's a, a different take, but this mm-hmm. is the main Peter Parker. This is the main universe that you have it. And we've had so much history built in that like you can't get over that history and you're trying, you're trying to convince me that, Oh, I should read a Norman Osborn comic book. Um, no, it's the same. It's kind of going no. back to our Joker discussion. 
I was like, yeah, yeah that's not what I'm into at all. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm I'm zero interested in Gold Island at all. And a Norman Osborn comic, nope, nope, just nope. Not, it's just it's just very it's a very confusing time because I'm normally I give almost any Spider-Man comic a chance. It's just that they've turned me off so much right now, like of the yep. current direction that I'll probably wait until the next creative team. I'm with you. Be on it. I'm with you on that. Well, how about Doctor Strange Fall of Sunrise, Kevin? Does that issue? It's going to be a four-issue miniseries starting in November. And oh my gosh, it stars the guy who's supposed to be dead. Wait, what, Kevin? You mean he's <laughs> not really dead? He's only like <laughs> lost in a distant world? Gee whiz, never saw this coming, Kevin. Wow, <laughs> color me shocked. <laughs> yeah. No, it, this is actually one of those comic books I'm interested in because, uh, Rock, did you read uh, Silver Surfer Black? Um that came out I a couple did. years ago. Yes. Yeah, so it's the same yeah, yeah, creator, Trad Moore. So it's, yes. I think he did an mm-hmm. awesome job with that and giving him a, a weird title. And I think it, it's a good thing that Doctor Strange isn't around in the main Marvel universe right now because then this could be a standalone thing. And I think, again, we've talked about it so much that hey, just do a standalone story yep. like that has to be three to four issues or six issues, whatever it has to be. Don't it does not even be tied to anything going on right now. Just have the creator do whatever they want with the character. Yeah. And I think this is. A great example of that that or will be a great example of that is just like give me a weird ass uh dr strange story of going into somewhere in in a magic like with the magic dark dimension or whatever the idea is just go just get weird with it just because again just have fun with comic books and i think this is from the artwork like i'm not sure if you saw the promo oh yeah just have fun with it just just go just be as weird as possible because this is dr strange this is magic you could do anything with it and that's the vibe i get from uh, the promo art as well oh absolutely agree no doubt about it all right, what about All Out Avengers? It's a new standalone Avengers, Avengers series. It's not going to tie to anything else, Kevin. All Out mm-hmm. Avengers. Does that get your interest? I mean, I, I don't read Jason Aaron's Avengers. I found it to just be unreadable. So I, I tapped out early in his run. I mean, I miss not reading it. I miss, you know, reading an Avengers title. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. This is going to be interesting because... Um... Because even though I'm not familiar with the too much with the creative team, because I know that they did, it's the same creative team as the recent Iron Man and Captain America miniseries. That's right, um, mm-hmm. Derek Landy. Um, and mm-hmm. and I'm not the biggest fan of Greg Land as well. So like, oh, me neither. <laughs> so so that that is a strike against it. But yeah. I do I I actually will try out the first issue just because I do like the premise that this is a story where it's going to be a standalone story. It's not going to be related to anything, right. and that yeah. we're just like from the pro- promotion of it, it says that basically this Avengers team, which has Spider-Man in it as well. Um, and, and then there are some like uh, Avengers roster with a Captain America and, and others that we, we know um, the story is just going to kick off right away. We're just going to be put right. into the middle of the story, which I, which is a cool direction just because we get so many like, Hey, let's just introduce everybody first and then introduce the villain. And I, I like that they're going with this one of like, Hey, they're already in the middle of an adventure. I think that's a better way for like a mystery. So um, and yes, for some reason, Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel is going to be fighting the Avengers. So um, which will be interesting. Um, and again, yep. I, I, I like trying out Avengers titles every once in a while. And while well, I'm not a fan of Jason Aaron's current run and I have been reading it, though, um, oh, okay. it's not the biggest thing that I, I, I've been reading it on like the Marvel Unlimited um, just to keep up with it. Okay, yeah. like Judgment Day and stuff like that. Um, and. Yeah, I, while I'm not a fan of this, um, this may be one I'll at least check out the first issue and give the first issue a try. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, uh, we, we do see that Aaron's run, by the way, is ending. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. 
Avengers Assemble Alpha will be near the end of his run. I'm curious to see who takes over the Avengers franchise. That that interests me more than the ending of Aaron's run. <laughs> I, I wonder who they're gonna get to to try to resurrect the property and maybe get it to actually sell well. It's been a yeah. long time. Right now, this, it seems like most of their big creators are on either like a Spider-Man title or an X-Men title right now. So it's gonna be interesting yeah. to, to see who they tap because. I know, like maybe one creator that comes to mind is like John Ridley, but he's involved with both DC and Marvel. So I don't think that, yeah, like like even though he's working on like Black Panther and Captain Captain uh, America, he's also doing Batman over at Mar- yeah. uh, DC and doing a, a bunch of other projects. So I don't mm-hmm. know if they could tap him, but it'll be interesting to see if maybe they get somebody from the X Men franchise to like Greg Dugan or somebody like that to to write possible. Avengers. Possible, very possible. Uh, well, we also got some a teaser, Kevin that Hickman is going to team up with Valerio uh, Skeety and bring us a new Marvel project. It's yeah. supposed to be, so so Marvel teases, it's going to be like the Sandman for the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That's, that's, you're, you, well, that's that, a big yeah. promise, dude. When you, when, you, when you invoke Neil Gaiman and Sandman, boy, you better, wow, that's like coming for the crown. You best not miss. I mean. Well, if anybody <laughs> could do it is maybe Jonathan Hickman, so. Right. What do you think of this? Are you excited? Or, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's cool that Jonathan Hickman, they're, again, like we've talked about it so many times that they're obviously keeping Jonathan Hickman um, like when, whenever he could work on a Marvel project. It, like they're so happy to have him back. And um, now that he's done with X-Men, it'll be interesting to see what franchise he tackles now because he's already done um, Avengers. He's done Fantastic Four and he's done X-Men. So like that kind of leaves really like spider-man guardians of the galaxy maybe um yeah. and it seems like this is going to be a cosmic direction so maybe we'll see him do what some cosmic characters like guardians um or some other yeah. character characters on, on that angle and i wouldn't be surprised if that's really where hickman goes is like he tackles like maybe even tackles nova or some like other characters that aren't being used right now and uh, yeah. which would be exciting i think that like hickman Again, it's great that he does is able to take breaks from Marvel and then just kind of recharge himself and then come back. And that's obviously kind of the direction that he's constantly on, like where he's he he works on a Marvel project what two three years at a time and then takes a break for like six to a year, mm-hmm. uh, or six months to a year. Um, and he'll take that break and then come back. And I think that's that's cool that like we do have that, especially for Marvel. It's a good thing that they are able to have a creator like that as big of a name as Hickman that will come back that way. Yeah, I agree. No, look, I'm a huge fan of Hickman and Skeety is an artist I love as well. They they're both really talented. So I, I have faith in those two guys to deliver a high quality product. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be all over this when it comes out. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, and if it's a like let's just uh kind of talk about maybe what, what you want Hickman to if he does deal with like cosmic stuff, like mm. what character would you like to, him to tackle? Gosh. Or like cast the characters, man. If he did cosmic, you know who I think would do. He would do a great job with Adam Warlock. Oh, okay. Which would be I, good timing. That would be really cool. Adam Warlock is a is a tough. He's a tough character to handle, and honestly, I don't think anybody's known what to do with this character since Jim Starlin left Marvel. To be quite yeah. honest, he's very honestly com- very complex. It wouldn't be too surprising, actually. That's a, a great guess because Adam Warlock is supposed to be what in Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yep. So, like, yep. if they want to time it out with Guardians of the Galaxy coming out next year, mm-hmm. him and being on an Adam Warlock title, like, mm-hmm. that actually probably would work out best. And, and, and yeah, and it's yeah. a character with untapped potential in the modern era, right? Yep. Right. Absolutely. So, that, that's what that's, I'd, I'd be, oh, if that happened, wow, I'd yeah. be, 
I would honestly that it's a great guess because again, like I said, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume yep. Three, like, and he's not appearing in anywhere else, and he mm-hmm. will probably appear somewhere. So having Hickman and Skitty do it, and like, what what better creative team, right? Right. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, last bit of news from Marvel, Kevin. We're gonna get a new creative team for the Fantastic Four ongoing in November. That's a title I just hasn't clicked with yeah. me. I love the Fantastic Four. Don't get me wrong. It's a great franchise. Come on, it's Jack Kirby. But maybe the you know whoever the new creative team will get me to hop onto this title. Yeah, yeah Fantastic Four is one of those titles where I I, I always at least try. Like mm-hmm. I didn't try the recent one just because Dan Slott was writing it. I kind of knew what was going yeah. into it, and I, I couldn't yeah. I, like I'm I've got I'm kind of tapped out on Dan Slott right now. Me too. Um, me too. So, but I'm excited to see what creative team, and it'll be interesting because like the last time really I was invested in. Um, the Fantastic Four was during Matt Fraction's run um, that took place after um, Hickman. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of really the last time I got into a Fantastic Four comic. And I hopefully like the next creative team that they tap. I wouldn't be surprised if this is honestly like more of a newer creative team that uh, yeah. fans may, may be le- less familiar with. But it will be a good chance for, for a reset because I think the Fantastic Four do need a reset right now. Um, after what everything that Dan Slott has been doing <laughs> that I know that I have not very much like from what I know. Um, and so yeah so i'll be excited and hopefully like the only thing i hope is that they give uh, franklin richards back his mutant status that's what i want <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause, laughs> yeah, that was not a decision i was happy with hey, oh i'm right there with you right there with you uh, <laughs> all right well that wraps up the comic news let's end it kevin the eisner award results did come out um, I'm, I'm gonna touch on the the big ones and if there's anything you want to hop into you just let me know yeah before we get to the award, the big awards, which is, you know, writer, artist, that kind of thing, I would want to touch on the fact that they, the Voters' Choice Hall of Fame inductees were announced. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, 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 it's interesting. The judges, the, the, so there's the judges' choices, then there's the voters' choices. Mm-hmm. The judges' choices... I don't know how familiar with all these creators. You've got uh, Marie Duval, you've got Rose O'Neill, you've got Max Gaines, you've got Mark Grunwald, and Alex Nino, and P. Craig Russell. Mm. So, out of all those that the judges put in, do any? Do you know? Are you familiar with any of them? Are you a fan of any of them? Yeah, no, to be honest, none of those names ring a bell, but I, I figured that with the Judges' Choices Awards, this is more like on impact in the industry as a whole, um, and that, that's what they were picking with these creators. Again, I, I can't judge it just because I'm not familiar with right, them, but that, right. that, that, based on how they judged it and then even how they announced it as well, it seems like the Judges' Choices recognizing how the overall impact that they have on the industry as, as a whole, and I think that's a cool thing to do because, again, even though I'm not familiar with it and I'm... Um, that doesn't mean that these people weren't incredibly important to the industry. And I think it's cool that they, maybe like having them chosen this way and inducted into Hall of Fame does get somebody like myself that's not familiar with them to actually look them up. Cause that's definitely the thing that I did um, after I saw the announcement is I want to look them up and see what work they did and all that stuff and what they're known for. And I think it is a cool thing that they're put, putting in these type of names because it, obviously it does seem like they did a lot of great, great things for the industry and um, overall impact of what uh, what they ha- they've done to the comic book industry. 
Yeah, agreed. No, look, Murray Duvall, she's from the 1800s, Kevin. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to be up yeah. on her work, you know. Yeah. I think mean, Rose O'Neill's, you know, created the QPs. I, I am vaguely familiar with the franchise, but you're talking something from the 1910s, okay? Yeah. What I will tell you, the only one that I really have a personal connection with is Mark Grunewald, who deserves to be in. He is a legit genius, legit. He's worked with Marvel Comics and it was very unfortunate. This man was cut down in his prime. He died from a heart attack in 1996. He was only 43 years old, Kevin. Way too young. If this man hadn't tragically died so young from a congenital heart defect, I'm telling you right now, he'd still be alive. You would know him. Everyone would know him. He would be a giant in the industry. The man was phenomenally talented. He worked on, he was in charge of, uh, he was a, an editor uh, uh, and ran solely himself, the Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Spider-Woman, and what if. He was phenomenal. His mentor is Denny O'Neill. Uh, he's well-known, most notably known for creating characters that people probably know and love, um, he, mainly from his 10-year stint on Captain America in the, uh, between 85 and 95. He created Crossbones, Diamondback, U.S. Agent. He is also known for his huge run on Quasar that ran from like 89, 94. That was amazing. But what everyone really knows him from and really cemented him, I think, Hall of Fame status was his 12 issue limited series Squadron Supreme uh, that came out in the 80s. It was phenomenal. He was doing things that nobody was doing jonathan hickman grant morrison they're all going to point to grunwald's squadron supreme as what broke the mold and enabled them to do what they do now it started there it was phenomenal um so he deserves it i'm really excited to see that that he was um i'm just super excited that that he's that he got into the hall of fame he it's, it's so worthy it's so sad that he died so young um, we were really robbed of somebody in the in the comic industry when that happened. Um, anyhow, on to the voters' choice for the Hall of Fame. We've got character. Uh, these are creators, obviously, Kevin, that you and I are much more familiar with because they're more yeah, contemporary. Yeah. Obviously, you've got Howard Chaikin, you've got Kevin Eastman, Larry Hama, Moto Hagio, uh, David Mascelli, Grant Morrison. I mean, I can't argue against any. These are all amazing, yeah. talented creators they're all fantastic they're all worthy of being in the hall of fame i love all of them thumbs up from me this yeah. is fantastic how about you yeah this is all like super well deserved always like you said these are much more modern day names that i yes. i we're all familiar with and that are kind of still in the, most most of them are still in the industry in one way or another um so so yeah it's great to see that grant morrison and um kevin eastman kevin eastman um on here and then howard shocking and then larry hammer and everybody here um just because mm -hmm. again these are all obvious names that if you're gonna have a concrete call of fame you can't have these names you got to have these names in there so i think that it's great that all of them are in there and well-deserved um hall of fame induction just like the judges choice i think they're all it's all well-deserved and just kind of shows that these these names have gotten to such a degree now like even though they're still in the industry and working um they're at their work is really well recognized by by um, the voters and stuff like that. Yep. All right, and let's just get the the main the main awards, Kevin, that we're giving out. Best writer went to James Tinian, 
and best writer slash artist went to Barry Windsor Smith. I feel like he's always winning this award. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and best writer, best. I think James 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 Sinian winning it is is an obvious choice given how his output this last year is uh, like is, is crazy. Like like his output, and then also like it's all critically Jeez. like almost everything. I would say everything he he's worked on in twenty twenty one has yep. been critically acclaimed. So it's like this. It was kind of like the obvious choice for at least yeah, last year in terms of in, in terms of like creator output. And like yep. what he's worked on and all the big stuff and the small oh, yeah. stuff, like the indie stuff that he's worked on. I think mm-hmm. it was an obvious mm-hmm. choice for him to do it and get, get them more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, his, his, what he's put out, it's phenomenal. The amount he's put out. Um, and of course, Barry Windsor Smith, he's an icon. He should get yeah. every award. The best penciler slash inker. Uh, would be Phil Jimenez again. I'm not going to argue with that. He's yeah. uh, he's he's phenomenally talented. Uh, yeah, guy, and, and, and did and did you pick up the Wonder Woman Historia um, comic book that came I out? I did not, but I, I I really recommend people pick yeah. pick it up if you want something that's incredibly unique. That um, the artwork for that is amazing. Like really? he, yeah. he did so many cool things. Like if you're familiar with like Jimenez's artwork, he blows mm-hmm. it out of the water in terms of. Like his oh, no. overall designs of the Greek, like Greek mythology and things like that, that he does is he takes yep. his artwork to another level on that. If, if you're at all interested in Greek mythology, Wonder Woman, or just the, like just him and his artwork in general, I highly recommend checking out that one, but well, Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons, just because it is actually like one of the best looking titles that DC has published in a long time. Right. Okay. Interesting. Very good. Well, he, he is a super amazing artist, so yeah, not yeah. surprised. And of course, we'll kind of end it with uh, the uh, the best painter slash multimedia artist went to Sana Takeda. That's not a surprise either. Oh, yeah. I figured that was going to happen. Yeah. Monsters, like his one, the best looking comic books that you, right. that, that, that you could find. So it's, right. that, that is not at all surprising. I know for you, Rock, I think the, the big uh, thing that you probably caught your eye were also the uh, the best U.S. edition for our uh, for international material in Asia. Um, yep. What do you think? Did that break your heart that uh, your Spy yes. X family didn't didn't win? Yes, yeah, <laughs> Spy X family should have won. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Spy X family should have won. This is why awards. You know, it's it's often these awards that are done. I I, I often don't agree with them because they're done by a small cloistered group of people who you know, sniff each other's farts and say they, they, they smell wonderful and they pat each other on the back. And, and they, they, if you're popular, if you're popular, they hate you. They just do, you know, they hate you. And uh, Spike's family should have won, damn it. But anyhow, but, but I, uh, at Junji the same Ito time, Junji yeah. Ito is going to win because it's Junji Ito. So, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised. Come on. But let's be let's be honest. Like once you saw that he was in the competition oh. for be, like best basically manga. Done. Um, he, he's winning every award. Yes. Again, he, and his work is so is incredible. Yes. I think the one thing that I will say is that it's a collection of like a bunch of different work from different time periods. So it's it not is. like like a like official 2021 published because it was just published here in the united states in 2021 so i think that that's kind yep. of a cheat in that it um, is <laughs> uh, for, for that i feel like it's just because it was published here in the u.s uh, yeah. in 2021 yeah um, so that is a bit of a cheat and i that, that's kind of the reason why i was aiming for it like spikes family or one of the other mangas yeah. that are still current right to, to win it and that was what i was hoping for but when, when you have Junji Ito's name on there, like that, that's an automatic win for like Thank American you. audiences because that's like the most well known name for like, especially if you're into man- like manga or like the industry in general. Like his name is like 
really the top name outside of like a Kira Toriyama, maybe. Absolutely. Yes. Zero surprise. Sad, but zero surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there any other like awards that like popped up and popped out, like creators that um that you like that seeing that they, they uh, won this? Not really for me. Yeah, for for me, I was going to say that like the Wonder Woman history also winning like the best single issue was great. Like I mentioned before, it's probably like the best looking comic book. And I'm um, and then just Kelly C. DeConnick, how she deconstructed the Greek mythology and the DC universe, I think was great. Um, Jen, Jen Martel winning like the best cover artist. I think she's done some of the best covers um, like in the industry, like especially this last year. She's had so much great output. Um, and so I'm mm-hmm. glad that she, she won it. I think it's well-deserved, well-deserved win. And I, overall, like all the, every creator that won an award is all well-deserved. And even the stuff that I'm not familiar with, I'm glad that we're getting these type of things. I know, Rocky, you, you mentioned, criticized the, the judging process a little bit here of how these voters uh, vote on things. But I think it's cool, like, when it comes to like the Golden Globes and all the, all the other Academy Awards and stuff like that. It's the same thing with the Eisner Awards where it kind of introduces an audience interested in what's the award-winning stuff that, hey, maybe this is stuff you want to check out um, because it is something that is recognized by what what is the Academy Awards for comic books, the Eisner Awards. <laughs> and so I think it's a cool thing to, for someone like me to be like, okay, let me go look that, look at least look it up and maybe re- yep. give it a chance. Yep, yep. All right. Well, that wraps up the comics, Kevin. Yeah. Awesome. That's this for this episode. We will come back in a second episode. We will hit all the entertainment news uh, that came out of San Diego Comic-Con in that next episode. Uh, But this was enjoyable. There's some interesting stuff coming our way uh, over the course of the next years from uh, the various comic book publishers, Kevin. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm pleased to say I'm actually probably going to pick up a few things. So, yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I know that uh, that was the entire point is if I could get Rock to pick up a couple right. comics, especially from Marvel DC or any other <laughs> company, I'll be happy. And this is a win for me. As it is a win. <laughs> it is a win. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. Uh, until next time, Viva la Revolucion.